You're listening to episode number 41 of the Fashion Your Passion podcast. This week, we have second time guest Allison Farrier on. She is a high school teacher, yoga teacher. She is now a published children's book author with her dear daughter, Lily. And she's just all around my spiritual guru. If you want to learn more about her and her story, go back to her episode all about gratitude, which is episode number eight. But this week, we are going to be talking all about how to cope with the times of quarantine, how to sort of adjust your life, and that way you can truly live out your life in the best way possible while under these conditions. We just have a little conversation about a bunch of different things, you know, besides that. And I am just so excited for you to listen to this episode. Tune in right now. Let's get to it. Welcome to the Fashion Your Passion podcast. I'm your host, Sammy Reyes, a college student here to help you fashion your passion and transform your life. This past year, I've learned a lot about living out your true passions and implementing the best habits, and I'm ready to share these tips with you. Season three is nothing like you've ever heard on any other podcast before, and I'm so excited to take you on this journey with me. Let's get to it. As many of you know, this podcast was just a 4 a.m. idea in preparation for a school project. Now it is a way that I get to spread my voice and help other teens create the best habits for their life. I want to hear your voice too. Anchor is the easiest way to make a podcast. It's free. There's all the tools you need in the app or on their website. And my favorite part is that Anchor distributes your podcast for you so that it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and so many more. You can make money from your podcast too. It's everything you need. And all you have to do is go to anchor.fm or download the free Anchor app to get started. I can't wait to listen to your podcast. Alrighty, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the podcast. I am so excited to welcome back Miss Allison Farrier. She is my first return guest, but she has actually had two episodes on the podcast already because her first episode was so, so, so good and really got so much traction that I decided to repost it back in September. So if you go back to episode eight or nine and episode 25, you'll be able to hear all about gratitude and how to really integrate a gratitude practice into your day. That is so essential, but also some things that she's going to talk about today are even more essential. So Ms. Fire, welcome back to the podcast. Thank you, Sammy. I'm really excited to chat with you again. And I always feel such a good energy when we talk. So this is a great way to start my morning. Thank you for having me. Of course. So just for those who do not know you, just tell a little bit about yourself, what you do. I think I opened the last one with, I'm a you know, to use the, I forgot who coined this phrase, but I'm a spirit having a human experience. So we're all these beautiful spirits floating around and trying to spread some good light. And we need a lot of that, particularly during this crazy period of time. But then the labels that I wear are mom, mom to three kids, Samuel, who's 13, Lily, who is eight, and Emmeline, who is five. And I'm a high school English teacher for over 24 years now mostly teaching 10th grade and and 12th grade. I'm also a certified yoga teacher as of a year and a half ago. So I've been trying to share some of that practice and open my mornings with that. I'm wife, daughter, sister, aunt, all that fun stuff. Family is, is good. We're all surviving. And recently, I guess I could add the label of author because my daughter and I, Lily, my, my second child, we published a book. We self-published and it's called Lily the Ladybug Lifeguard. 
that's one exciting thing that's happened during this stay at home time. I had a little more time to just tidy up some loose ends on a project I'd been working on. So now it's available on all the, the big outlets out there, Amazon, Barnes and Noble. So super excited about that. Yeah. I feel like creativity is going to save us being creative, being grateful during this crazy period of time. So that's a little bit about me. Yeah. Yeah. And your book, everyone who, you know, even if you don't have small children, like go out and get it. I know mine is coming in on Wednesday. So I'm super, super excited about that. And literally when you posted on Facebook, it was like a kick in the butt for me. I was like, oh crap, she did this thing over quarantine. Now I got to do more things over quarantine and actually accomplish something. But I'm no, so pressure, no, no comparison, no judgment. We're being passionate. And just to clarify, it was only the final touches that were finished over yeah. quarantine. So this is something that's basically a poem, but about my daughter saving ladybugs from our pool when she was, you know, four going on five. So she's almost nine now. So this has been, you know, the poem. And then over the last year, I got set up with a beautiful illustrator, one of my colleagues, mother-in-law. So she had done all the artwork last summer. So it was really just the making the PDF and getting files uploaded and, you know, buying an ISBN number. So it was like the little smaller, like managerial stuff versus actually writing a book and illustrating it. So just to clarify, no expectations. It's just with a little bit more quiet time in the afternoons and evenings and no commuting, it had a little buffer of time to finish up some uh, creative stuff. So I'm excited about that. And it's kind of telling for the time frame because we all need to watch out for each other, you know, be each other's lifeguards. And my hat goes off. I pray every day. I write my gratitude journal for healthcare workers and essential workers and that we have food and that we have people, you know, looking out for the most vulnerable. So another reason to be grateful. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. And I feel like you are someone who really exemplifies like ways in which one can stay sane during this time. So like what have been like your top ways in which you've done that? Like I know you just touched on gratitude and stuff like that, but like what are other things that people can sort of integrate into their day? Such a crazy time right now. And you know, this episode will come out when it's still going on, unfortunately, but what are just some things that you've been doing? Great question. I feel like some days I'm a little better than others at staying centered and calm my kids are a great reminder of just being in the moment. And when I'm stressed, I'll go over and, you know, hug them or try to snuggle them. Even my 13 year old, I'm like, give mom some love, please. (laughs) And that brings you back to the moment, you know, the the embrace of a a loved one's arms around you, if you're lucky enough to have that or a pet. Yeah. I mean, in the spirit of being completely honest, I feel like I have a good day. And then the next day I have not so great of a day where I'm like, okay, my accomplishment today is I get out of my pajamas and I bake some banana bread. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. it's simple things. But on the good days when I'm feeling, you know, like I got this and I know we're going to, again, you have to keep repeating. We're going to get through this. This too shall pass has been such a great mantra that a doctor of mine introduced when I had been diagnosed with autoimmune disease and I had this issue with my eyes and it's called Graves disease. And she just kept saying, it's going to pass. This too shall pass. And it's a moment in time and not to under value what's going on and all the lives being lost in the bigger scope of things we have to remember it is going to pass. So little mantras are helpful. Every day I do get up and do five minutes of meditation in the morning and write in a journal. I, I read from a book that I you know shared with you that just gives, it's a 365 days a week book where it gives like little passages of inspiration. And since I'm home and I'm not rushing to commute, I have been trying to work in trying uh, 15 to 20 minutes of some kind of stretching or exercise in the morning or yoga. 
And then even before I settled down on weekdays to help my younger two children with their, you know, their homeschooling off of their Google classroom, mm-hmm. I tried to get out for a walk or we all, we all, sometimes we all go for a walk. So, and again, just around the block, sometimes I go alone just for some quiet solitude. Sometimes my husband and I go so we can, you know, chat without the kids interrupting. So that's been helpful. And then our normal day kind of looks like a snapshot of, of, you know, Monday to Friday of 8.30 to 9, we're all settling down. We don't have a huge house, so we're all in the dining room, which is our kind of workspace table. And the kids have earphones on while they listen to videos and the Pledge of Allegiance. And I'm helping usually my five-year-old with her activities for the day, the reading, the math. And then we all try to eat by 12 or 1. I'd say almost every two days, every other day, we're going out for some kind of exercise, whether that's bike riding in the the driveway or trying to find a quiet local hiking spot. My kids now shrug when I say, let's do a hike, but it's one of the only options there are now. So we walk for a half hour. I don't know. There's some serenity in nature. Nature always brings me back. Getting good sleep is huge. I'm still trying to stick Mm -hmm. to some kind of a routine healthy eating, I'm drinking more water, all the things that our beloved Rachel Hollis suggests. Yes. (laughs) And then just, yeah, mindfulness, coming back to, I'm stressed, I need to get up and take a shake break. That's what my kids do in, you know, elementary school. I need to do it too. So that's that's Mm -hmm. helping keep me sane. And again, I'm not going to pretend each day is easy. I try not to watch the news. I just take it in by reading a quick news you know, update each morning. And then I'll ask my husband who tunes in, you know, the nightly news. We're not 24-7 news people. I feel like that just infects me with fear. I want to infect myself more with positivity. So that's, yeah, that's how kind of staying sane and somewhat focused on moving past all this too, while being in the moment, you know. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And I feel like it's for me, it's just so funny because like I've always been one to like, you know, get outdoors all the time and now like everyone else is doing it. I'm like, oh, okay, here we are now, you know, because like I always hike and like, you know, being able to live in San Diego for like the past six months, like I was able to, you know, go on hikes like after class or like whenever, you know, I really wanted to or needed to. And now like I'm here, it's like, okay, everyone's doing this now. Like I'm glad that people are doing it and realizing now that it's like, it's a way for them to sort of be able to, you know, clear their mind, bond with their family members, you know, bond with like other people and stuff like that. And really, because like you said, nature is such, for me, it's a cleanser, you know, and when I step out there, it's like my whole world just like disappears and I'm able to sort of like think through things and stuff like that. And so I'm glad that everyone's catching on now with this extra time that they have. So you recently, though this past year, started a mindfulness class at the high school. I have heard nothing about it yet, so talk to me about that, because when you told me about it last year, I was super excited slash super mad that I was leaving, but to chat me a little bit about that and sort of what you do. We're home. We're not really finishing off the semester in a typical way, but again, all the reading I've done, my colleague Liz O'Shea had passed on this wonderful book called The Gratitude Diary, and the yoga teaching I've done, it all kind of converging into kids need more social-emotional space to learn how to deal with their anxiety and stress and teenagers are feeling more stressed. So basically I had kind of pitched this idea for this new elective called mindfulness. I'm an English teacher, so we wanted to make it focused on English curriculum as well. So it's called mindfulness through literature, exploring the masters to live your best life, live a happy life. And so this was the first debut year of it. And we had initially like 18 kids sign up and then by by January, when it was about to run, it was up to 25. So it's mostly seniors, which I think is like the perfect year for it because you're kind of 
What do I want to do with myself? Going off to college? What classes do I want to take? A lot of it is modeled off of the science of happiness. There's a, a classes out there that are the most popular classes at Columbia, Yale, and Harvard all around the science of well-being. I did take in the fall a great class through Yale University. You can take it for free online through Coursera, and it's it's called The Science of Well-Being. Dr. Lori Santos, the professor at Yale who runs the class. So I had taken that class, and you know, there's some similar motifs running through it. The first unit is on what do we define as real happiness and joy? Is there a difference? And then the second unit is on what is mindfulness? And we just learn different strategies. And then the third unit is about gratitude and how gratefulness has been proven to help people have a happier life. And the other real big bullets are what we think will bring happiness, these misconceptions about money and fortune and good looks and good body, which in the long term really are not things you say on your deathbed, you know, about what what leads to a happier life. The bulk of it at the end is how do we fulfill our hopes and goals and dreams and human connection, you know, making a difference in some way, whether that's with family or a bigger purpose, having some purpose. And we all have that innate need for connection, which I think rings so true now, which is why we're all struggling. I mean, I joke with my coworkers. I'm like, I miss you. I miss other humans. I love, I love my family, but I love other humans too. As much as technology is fantastic and we're so lucky to have this and what we're doing now on a podcast I also find, and then one of the units is about how getting out into nature, getting better sleep and exercise and disconnecting from our tech is so essential. I mean, I'm finding in my everyday practice that I'm like, I can't do it anymore. I need to get off the tech. I can't do another Zoom meeting. Last Saturday, I think it was the first time in over a year I texted my friends, I'm going to log off and have my husband. I had to have him hide my cell phone. (laughs) So I had him like literally hide it in the house somewhere. And it was just a joy to have one day without, oh my God, I've got to respond to this text or I got this notification or maybe I should check an email and see what students are, you know, because again, I'm a teacher and we're still working and trying to connect with them. So it was, I think that's the biggest takeaway is the gratitude, the mindfulness strategies, yeah, and we open every day in the class that we were when we were meeting in person with like five minutes to settle in and just doing a mindfulness activity. And then they would journal on how that felt. Some of them are visualizations, some are just breathing exercises. And then at the end of class every day, we'd end with a quotation from or reading from Journey to the Heart, the book that we love. And they do a gratitude journal. And the bulk of the learning happened in, in the other 40 minutes of the class, but just a good way to center yourself and come in from your last class and, you know, notice how you're feeling and leave it behind and be present. And, you know, strategies that so many spiritual teachers and religions already teach that I'm hopefully, again, just giving kids strategies to minimize anxiety or feel what they're feeling without burying it or going off. And as we adults sometimes do, have a glass of wine, not the best way of dealing with our emotions. So... I love that so much. Wow, I really am extra jealous now. But you are so right. There are three things that I want to touch on that you said. I think, you know, first with like the unplugging, like you're 100% right. Like it is so beneficial. I know like when I used to sort of observe Shabbat, like more like, you know, when I was more observant, I would do literally nothing on Saturdays. Like Friday night, Saturday night, no phone, no computer, no nothing. All I did was like read and do like my paper homework. That way, you know, I could like get things done and like catch up for Monday, but like not be as immersed into like all the other stuff. And it was literally like 
so, so, so great. But like going into college, it's like, it's so hard because on Saturdays, like, you know, I'm going out with people, like I'm meeting people for certain things. So I just have to always like, you know, know where everyone is. And like, I've been trying to do it back here, but then again, it's still like, I have, you know, so many things to get done, but I'm trying to like pull back and be like, no, like you actually don't need to get these things done yet. Like you have Sunday and you have all of Monday morning because for me, like my classes are flipped because of the time difference. So my 10 o'clock class is now at one o'clock. So it's like, I have all morning to get things done. You know, I don't have to have to worry about it all. To pose a question back at you, like I... Just like when I order Girl Scout cookies, I'm like, okay, hubby, please just keep one box out and hide the other four. What strategies do you use? Even if you wanted to cultivate three hours away from the phone, do you, can you yeah. just put it down and not, do you have enough willpower to not look at it? Do you shut it off? Do you have someone hide it? What do you do? I've just been trained in it just because my sophomore year in high school, I literally didn't have, like I took away my phone for myself for like three months. I was crazy back then, but like that's what I did. Let go of like, the world around me. And so I think like from that, like I, it's easier for me to like sort of let go. But now that I sort of run a lot of things online, I think it's so much harder, but I just try and like put it on airplane mode and like, you know, try to like turn off all the notifications and like just leave it on the charger, even like just leave it in like the bottom of my drawer or whatever, just find things that can keep me busy to like not think about it, you know? So like if I put it in my drawer, like I'll go downstairs and like I'll read downstairs with my parents or whatever, or I'll play a card game with my sisters or whatever. I just sort of do things that like will keep me busy and like sometimes like we'll be going out to like, you know, the grocery store or whatever, like on Saturdays. So I'll be doing that and I don't really need my phone and stuff like that. And like during this time, like we're not really going out as much anymore. But like when I do go out to the grocery store, like when I go, you know, when we go drop off groceries at my grandparents' house, it's like I keep my phone in the car. You know, that way I don't have it. And then like it's so far away enough distance, like I don't get notifications on my watch either. So those are ways that I sort of do it, but it is hard. I'm not going to lie just because I'm like, oh, like I just post something. Like, I want to know like how it did and stuff like that. And so I just try and like, you know, like I know at 10 o'clock my phone like just shuts off for itself. Like all the notifications go off that's because I need time and I actually should go to bed at normal hour, but usually I don't, <laughs> but you know, I should. So I turn on my phone at that time and just like, you know, leave it on the charger for the night and then that's it. And then in the morning after an hour, after I wake up, the notifications will come back in and stuff like that. So that's sort of how I do it. It takes time. It takes practice. But the Instagram post I put up yesterday talking about, you know, how to break bad habits. And part of it, what I was saying is like, you have to have so much discipline. The discipline is created by why you want to do this, right? If you feel like you're just doing this because someone told you to do it, like then it's not going to work out. But if you're doing it because, you know, you want to take time for yourself, you know, away from the world around you, then like it will work out so much better. And like just finding a reason why you want to do it and like remembering that reason is like the key to sort of breaking that bad habit. I love it. I think Oprah and a lot of people call that, you know, what's your intention? And if you set intention down and my intention is I want to be present, I want to reconnect with my family, I want to be healthy and go outside and get air and walk without my phone or a buzz in my pocket, you know, then maybe even writing it down is another way to make a commitment, you know, say pledge, pledge to be off the phone for an hour and put a timer on. I love your strategies. I think we all need it. And I have my parents nearby and I just let them know if I'm going to go off my phone and we still have a a landline, an old school phone. I'm like, call us or on the, you know, the home phone or text my, or call my sister, even though she's in Chicago. But yeah, I guess for people who have to stay around for loved ones that they need to take care of, it's harder to be off for too long, but even little, little moments away, I think is super healthy. We all need it. 
Because I know there's a feature on the iPhone where, like, you can turn off, like, certain apps. So, like, even if you say you have all your social media apps off, your phone is still on in case people call you. Like, that works, too, you know? So, you know, there there are ways to sort of, like, get around it. And for me, I think my thinking, like, someone asked me the other day, they're like, so, like, what happens if there's an emergency, like, you know, on Saturday? Like, what happened? Like, you know, like, what do you do? I'm like, well, A, like, right for right now, like, if there's an emergency, like, you know, other people are going to be contacted because I'm living with my family right now. And B, like, there's an emergency at school or whatever, like, people will find me. You know, it's not like I'm in the woods in the middle of nowhere. Like, I'm still in civilization, just, like, not, you know, I don't have something, like, on me 24-7. So, like, people will find me. Usually people know where I am and stuff like that. Good reminder. And so I don't really worry, you know, too much about that. I know next week I have a post coming up about unplugging. So I'm glad we could touch on it today. But I want to talk about, just because I know a lot of people sort of have been struggling with this whole like stay at home situation. I want to touch on ways in which people could sort of bring more light into their life. I know we like touch on things a little bit before, but I think this is more in terms of like, I know some people who have been saying to me, like, it's so hard to get out of bed in the morning. What's the point of going through my day? If like, I'm not going anywhere, I'm not seeing anyone, I'm not really doing anything. What's your perspective on this? Like, how do you think, you know, sort of people can deal with the fact that like, it is so worth it to like get up in the morning at like your normal time and like do the things you usually do and like keep a routine that way, you know, when you come out of this, it's like you are, you know, a stronger person, a better person. I do think a routine of some, it doesn't have to be some rigid, like, okay, kids, it's, it's shake break time now. It's eight ten. You know, it, we, we can't be militaristic about it, but I have been still setting an alarm. It's later than normal. I would normally get up by 5.30, 5.45 on a school day, but I'm setting it for 6.45 or 7. I usually am a lot of bed by 7.15. And then, you know, a little bit of me time. Moms need oxygen masks on ourselves first. So I've been doing, like I said, I go to the basement and the kids usually are, I'll have my coffee and they're not up yet. So that's when I do my me time, my meditation or a little bit of stretching or yoga for 15 minutes and then more coffee and I've been also struggling with that, like beyond routine. And again, I usually, the morning is working with the kids on their Google classrooms and then lunch and then an outdoor activity. My cup is definitely a little bit less full when I need to do my teacher job of like posting assignments. So I've been really trying just as a routine for that. If you're working from home here to get up and do it between seven and eight after I've done a little meditation and I still have energy and I post, I try to post my assignments for the whole week for my students so they can see it and work at their own pace. And for me, that's less pressure every morning having to get up and post or do something right at, you know, before the kids start their own homeschooling. So that's helped. Um, just entertainment wise, we are a family that used to go to dinner every Friday night or order pizza And I am somebody who likes a carrot on a stick. I like to have something to look forward to. So that has been different. But what have I done in terms of little things to look forward to at home? You know, simple things like, okay, we're all going to watch this great movie at seven. So let's get what we have to get done. And we'll tuck in at 6.30 or 7 after an early dinner and have a movie to look forward to. I really was craving just quiet time with my husband. So we brainstormed ideas and we ordered sushi last Friday my son is old enough to just stay home with the girls. He's 13. He'll babysit. It was 45 minutes out of the house. We ordered sushi. We parked pretty much like, you know, half a mile from our house in our pilot. And we put the back down like we were tailgating. So the, the back of the pilot was flat. I sat in there with like a fake candle and we brought the Bluetooth and the, some music and we ate the sushi like we were tailgating near this pretty stream, you know, away from everybody and also away from the kids. So it was a great way to just 
it's making us have to be creative for little things to look forward to because we aren't going to our local shops and restaurants. And then the other thing that um, my friend suggested is what can we do to help others? And when you get out of your own head and you're doing something to help someone else, you just, it's, gosh, it releases all these good feeling endorphins. So, you know, we've gotten that stimulus check back. I said, well, what are we going to do with some of this? We're still figuring out as a family, we want to donate some of that money. And then me and, you know, my friends and local friends, local moms, we decided my friends has her husband is a doctor. He's you know, working crazy hours locally and in a, a respiratory clinic for, for coronavirus. So he suggested when my good friend Megan asked, said, why don't you buy lunch or breakfast for the local doctor's office where all the receptionists and staff have been taking calls and directing people to where they need to go if they have regular sickness or coronavirus symptoms. And my friend came up with this and I love it. We implemented Thankful Thursday. So yesterday was the first day we sent breakfast to the doctor's office to feed the 10 of them. They're still going in every day. And next week we'll bring, send lunch next Thursday. And it's just, I don't know, it's $75 each, you know, once, once every four weeks where we're kind of doing something and we sent a lovely note and we got this beautiful note back. So little things, buying gift cards, a lot of people are suggesting that for local businesses. There is something really addictive about doing doing some little tiny good thing, even if it's writing a gratitude letter to someone. I wrote my husband a gratitude letter. I'm in the process of writing a gratitude letter to my hairstylist who my hair is shedding like crazy from like my autoimmune stuff and anxiety. So she is always someone who lifts me up when I get my hair cut, you know, and I don't know, those little things are really helping me feel good, have little moments where I get a spark of, I'm looking forward to this, you know, because I know we'll come out of it. And um, I am faith, I have faith in that and this too shall pass. But what can we do day to day? That's what I'm doing. I hope that helps other people in some way. Yeah, no, that's so good. And I feel like, you know, I'm doing very similar things too. And just trying to, you know, because for me, like, I pretty much lock myself in my room for the majority of the day just to, you know, because I'm working on school and working on my internships and doing all the things I need to do. And like, I need to actually get done because I know if I go downstairs or whatever, like, there's going to be like, distraction after distraction after distraction. We get like a fun dinner or whatever. If like, I'm planning on making dinner that night, like it just, for me, it's, I'm able to do my work in a more productive way. That way I'm like, okay, now it's 6.39 to go make dinner. Even like for this morning, like I knew I was recording with you and I was like, okay, I, I actually have to get up at like 7 a.m. And like I got up without no alarm at like 6.45 and I was like, wow, I haven't woken up this early in like months. I was like, this is insane, you know? The energy of some little task that you're excited for really does motivate you, yes. Yeah, for sure, for sure. I want to ask you this question. It's, it's sort of like the controversy that's going around right now because a lot of people are saying quarantine's a great time for you to like, you know, get so much work done and like be really productive and like move forward and sell in like all of your goals and like dreams and aspirations. And then other people are saying like, you know, like you don't have to do any of that. Like you don't have to work, you know, sort of quote unquote like as hard and stuff like that. And like you could just, you know, like the, if you accomplish just getting out of bed in the morning, like that's, you know, sort of enough for the day. And like, you know, so what are your thoughts on that? Like, what's your take on that? Because I know I'm sort of like in the middle a little bit because I'm not like, you know, one way or the other. A lot of it is sort of feeding into me and I'm so I'm trying to decipher. That's a great question. I think, you know, what yoga teaches is to honor where you are right now and have compassion for, for what you are able to accomplish in a 24 hour period. And I think we're similar because we're, you know, 
there's a saying like, I'm a human being, not a human doing. And I like to do, I like to check. I make still making a to-do list for each day, even though in the past, every single day would be a new to-do list, you know, and these are simple to-do lists, like find a new place to hike, post my 10th grade assignment and schedule a Zoom meeting for next Wednesday. But beyond those tasks, like my to-do list now, I just cross off Monday, the 13th of April and I write Tuesday, the 14th. And so I have maybe one or two things I tick off of that list. But the list is, I mean, people are joking, this is kind of like Groundhog's Day because every day is beyond, you know, school days where students have to do some checking in on assignments. They're very similar. So how do you differentiate? Well, Again, weekends, we are not on tech as much. We're not doing Google Classroom. But as I said, when we open, there are days where I'm like, I got this and I feel like this gust of energy and I'm going to do a couple things. But then the next day, it's an accomplishment if I put on a bra or (laughs) I put on, like I'm wearing earrings today for the first time beyond like, I wear them once a week, you know, even to put earrings in is a simple accomplishment. So being gentle with ourselves and honor the days you feel more energetic and can get more done and honor the days where you kind of need to be, you know, it dumps a little bit and sad. Like one of the last few things I grabbed from my classroom before we left school on March 13th was I had a couple of gratitude notes that I had had students write each other. And then I didn't put my name in the mix. I had the whole class of seniors do it before our elective ended, our senior class ended. And then three or four took it on themselves to write me a little gratitude note on, you know, like a quarter inch piece of paper. And I tucked that away in my book and I reread that. I reread those five or six notes and I started crying because you got to honor those things that you do miss about life. And I, I'm getting emotional, but I miss my students. I miss being in the classroom with them. I miss having a me, uh, you know, like the label of teacher and driving to work and listening to a podcast and you just got to know that's not the expectation anymore. Everything's going to look different. Those days where you feel energy, honor it and get some stuff done. And the next day, if you, you know, have a healthy meal and get eight hours of sleep, that's an accomplishment too. And check in with family and do whatever you, what you need to do that day to get through it and feel some sense of, I made it through this too shall pass and everything's all will be well. It's going to, it is well, in this moment, all is well. And being compassionate with ourselves, I think, is the biggest takeaway. I was talking to Perch the other day, and I was saying, you know, like, this is such a hard time for seniors, both high school and college and stuff like that. And she told me, she's like, yeah, but like, for you guys, too, like, it was your first year in college, like, and then it got cut short. And I was like, yeah, but it's not as hard because like I know I'm going back and it's like the seniors which is like no but like you still had things you're supposed to experience and things you're supposed to do you know that, that all sort of like freshmen have done before and stuff like that and I was like you know what like you're right like whether you're going back to work without seeing when this ends or not like or you know you're going back to wherever you were before everyone sort of had things that they had, were planning to do and they had things that they expected would happen and now it's not it's difficult on everyone I know for me it's like I'm not as brokenhearted for myself but I am for like the seniors I am for summer camps may not even run and like my sister's like her counseling and training summer which is like was supposed to be you know this upcoming summer or is going to be across my fingers and like stuff like that it's like if she doesn't have that like I know how much she look forward to it for the past six years like now she may not even have that summer, it's like the summer she, like, you know, the way she wanted it to happen. And like, it breaks my heart. Cause like I had that summer, I had my senior year, like everything that happened, like I finished it out. And it's like, I just want to give what I had to them, but it's not the case, which is unfortunate. But I think that people are getting really creative, like you said before, and they'll, they'll find ways 
in order to, you know, sort of figure it out and make it special for those kids too. So. I agree. It's hard. Two quick things that came to mind when you said that is my beloved Brene Brown, if you haven't read her or listened to any of her podcasts, she's, she calls that comparative suffering. And we might say, well, I, I do feel sad for myself, but I shouldn't feel too sad because seniors should feel more sad because they're missing blank, blank, blank. And it's true. You have honor. You're also feeling a sense of loss and you're all mourning something. And that doesn't mean yours is no less justified to feel sad from feeling like you're missing something or a routine that, or a dream or a hope that you plan. But I, you know, to sound a little spiritual, just to keep in mind that we're all on the journeys we should be and that in five years and hopefully well beyond a vaccine for all this, we'll look back and say, I needed to be in that place at that time. And maybe me missing out on that opportunity created this intensity of wanting to do something else that took me on the path that I was supposed to be on and that the road we're traveling is the road we're supposed to be on as much as we are mourning things we're missing or or losing out on. Or just for seniors too, my friend, Jen Levesque turned me on to this Some Good News on YouTube. John Krasinski, if you like him from The Office, he is hosting a senior prom tonight for all seniors. And uh, if you go on YouTube, he's so adorable and handsome too and funny. (laughs) So if you're not into that or you don't follow him on Instagram or go, you know, go to YouTube and search it up. So seniors, you know, get on some, uh, maybe your prom dress or your outfit you were going to wear and there's a little like gathering happening tonight. I think it's okay. a seven o'clock Eastern if anyone happens to hear this. Or if you miss this because we're posting it a couple weeks down the line, go back and look at it and watch it. So For sure. yeah, I don't know. People are getting creative with ways to honor the things that we're missing. So I, I love that too. Yeah. And, and, and Milet always says like, this is happening for you and not to you. And I, feel I like love that. You just got to keep reminding yourself of that because, you know, it is true. And, you know, as much as it sucks, there's a reason and a purpose for it, you know. So on a lighter note, you know, I cannot finish a podcast episode without asking the final question. So we can, like, see if your answer has changed or not since, <laughs> since last year. Right. Um, but based off of the title of this podcast, what is one way that you have fashioned your passion that you could give to dreamers? Gosh, I don't even remember what I said the first time I answered that. But what I tell my students, and I guess what I've done too, is I sit in quiet sometimes and in those little meditational moments, think of like, what are some hopes or dreams that I haven't fulfilled? And the last two years, my husband and I have made a practice on New Year's Eve to write intentions for the year. Again, stole that from Oprah. I love the word intention. And what that intention might be is something more general, like I want to share some positive news and then let the universe unfold. So maybe my positive news sharing became, you know, five years later, this Lily, the ladybug lifeguard book where someone's, there's a girl rescuing ladybugs and maybe just being open to whatever that, that passionate idea where it comes from. And sometimes you're not even sure where it comes from. Elizabeth Gilbert, the writer always says that sometimes creativity, like just finds a human form to land in. And you might be that human casing that you know that that in a creative idea comes through so being open to it looking for little signs I believe that there's no coincidences there's little means of listening to our intuition that guide us toward something that will fulfill us now and something that fulfilled me when I was 17 you know that becomes maybe a bigger broader idea of something that fulfills me in my 30s or 40s so the quietness, the stillness, look, you know, listening to the little signs and intuitive ideas, maybe setting some intentions for the year of some short-term goals that will get you to a bigger passion of your life. And that's kind of how teaching landed in my lap and teaching yoga and, um, 
yeah, all the other little beautiful blossomings of flowers in my life is just being open to it. And they're going to change. You know, you might have a passion at 18 that is still at the heart, very similar to something in your 20s or 30s, but being open to how that shifts and grows and the, the journey we're traveling. Mm-hmm. No, 100%. That was beautiful. A great way to end the episode. Ms. Fire, thank you so much for coming on. Again, it was truly, truly spectacular. For those who are listening, everything that Farrah mentioned and the link to go purchase her book will be in the show notes as per usual. And Farrah, thank you so much once again. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for tuning in once again to the Fashion Your Passion podcast. I hope you learned something from this episode. And if you did, don't forget to screenshot you listening to this episode, post on your Instagram story, and tag me at Fashion Your Passion podcast. I love hearing what you learned. As well, do not forget to scroll down and leave a rating and review. I love to read those too and know what you guys are thinking about the podcast. Be sure to tell all of your friends about this podcast because I want to spread this to as many teens as possible. Thank you so much for listening and I'll talk to you guys next week.